Amen. That is Vance and Pam. Give them a hand one more time. Great job. Good. Let's stand for the reading of the word. And as I speak, flowers are going to bloom. There they are. How many of you have enjoyed this series on the unsung heroes? It's been a good series. And I'm going to finish it next week by talking about Enoch, the first raptured man. Don't miss that because he is a foreshadowing of what everybody in here who loves the Lord is going to experience. And he's an unsung hero for a very special reason. And I'll be sharing that with you next week. But today, in our third service, by the way, last night in Saturday night service, we broke a attendance record and God is blessing it. It's growing. And I want you to just look around you and see that we're growing and we thank God for people who are hungry, people who are searching, people who want to be touched by God. And so Saturday night, if you ever want to miss a Sunday, as one woman said to me, my husband loves to golf on Sunday. I finally got him into church on Saturday. So if you ever want a Sunday off, we're there on Saturday nights. Now, I'm going to talk to you today about a man named Micaiah, not Micah, the minor prophet that you've likely heard about, but Micaiah, Micaiah. He's an unsung hero. He's an unsung prophet. You've likely never heard a message on Micaiah, but I want to share with you what I believe makes him an unsung hero. And that is that he spoke the truth without spin, without spinning it. In other words, he was a truth teller. So we're going to read, first of all, what Paul the Apostle wrote in Ephesians 4, verses 23 to 25. He's talking about all of us. And let me read it to you. And be renewed, Paul says, in the spirit of your mind. And that you put on the new man, which was created according to God, in true righteousness and holiness. Now, he says, therefore, putting away what, everybody? Now, who's he talking to? Christians. You mean Christians were lying? Apparently, any Christian in here ever lied? Most of you just lied. <laughs> Better repent right now. We're going to get into the Word. All right. Therefore, putting away lying, Christian, he said, let each one of you do what? Say it with me. Speak truth with his neighbor. Turn to the person next to you and say, you're my neighbor. You're supposed to speak truth as a rule. Now, why? For we are members of one another. So don't lie to each other. I have a little bruise on my hand. What if I just had a real bad cut and it was infected? And I looked at my hand and said, big deal. Get a life. You're not hurting. Would that be caring about something attached to me? And what if I looked at the hand and said, you are not infected. That's lying. God says, don't lie. Don't lie to each other. And so let's pray together. And we're going to believe God to touch us today, minister to us today on this whole subject of being a, a truth teller. First of all, one last verse. Micaiah, or Micaiah said, here he is. As the Lord lives, whatever the Lord says to me, that's what I'm going to speak. Great passage. Father, thank you for your word today. Bless it to our hearts. Speak to us in Jesus' name. And help us to be truth tellers no matter what. 
Amen. Turn to your neighbor and say, tell the truth. Amen. All right, this is our ninth message in the series, Unsung Heroes of the Bible. And today we're looking at a man, as I said, who under intense pressure to follow the crowd and say something that he knew was not true, he refused to do so. He was a truth teller. Micaiah was a truth teller. Conversely, Micaiah lived in a society, he lived in a culture, amongst, and among so-called prophets that practiced the fine art of spin. He lived in a spin-the-truth culture. Now, let me tell you what I mean by spin. Spin refers to the highly manipulative tactics used to sway audiences away from a true presentation of the facts. Sound familiar? Spin is when one plays loose with the truth to gain an advantage. Spin is when you share 95% truth and 5% falsehood, just enough to turn or spin something to your advantage. That's the most dangerous kind of spin. The spin that is almost right, almost true, almost accurate, but there's enough falsehood to make it spin. You're, you're spinning it because you want to persuade an audience or persuade a person your way. Spin is really a form of sophisticated lying. When you believe the end justifies the means, you are after a result, you're after an end, you're after an agenda, and you believe that anything justifies reaching that agenda, you're a candidate for spin. When I think of spin, I think of half-truths, deceit, disguised bias, or propaganda. Is that happening in our culture today? Well, you better know it. A major company was looking for a new marketing director. After much advertising and many applications, three candidates entered the final selection process. The first candidate was asked a very simple question. What is two plus two? He was surprised, thought about it a minute and said, well, all I know to do is tell the truth. So he said, four. The managing director looked at the board, shook his head and thanked him for coming, but he was not the candidate they were looking for. So the next one was asked again the simple question, what is two plus two? He paused and thought about it and thought, well, this is a trick question, surely. So I gotta say something a little bit slick. So he said, well, it's a number between three and five. The managing director smiled and the board was quite impressed. The candidate was thanked and ushered out. The last candidate was also asked the simple question, what is two plus two? Without batting an eyelid, he replied, what do you want it to be? He said, you're hired. Because we're not after the truth, we're after creating whatever we want the truth to be. That's spin. And that's the world we live in. We live in a world that has rejected primarily the Word of God that gives us absolute truths for living, morality, ethics, God, right and wrong, light and dark. I mean, it gives us absolutes. We've rejected the absolutes and have sold out to the whole notion of spin, that truth is whatever you want it to be. Your truth may not be my truth. My truth may not be your truth. Let's just get along with our different truths. Don't you tell me or impose on me what your truth is. 
translated, don't bother me with the Word of God. I want to live the way I want to live. That's the art of spin. That's the fine art of spin. We call these people who are really pros at it, spin doctors in our day. Another name for them is politician. I had to throw that in. <clears throat> and the national media, you should know, are all about spin. They're no longer concerned with the truth. They're all about spinning a story to suit their own political agenda by their own admission. They are now fully engaged in spin. When I took journalism in college as a minor, I was taught that the whole notion of journalism was objectivity. You were to be objective, tell the story as it was. That's now been totally rejected when it comes to politics or religion. You can count on it by ABC, CBS, NBC, CNN, MSNBC. All of them are now involved in spin. So anything you hear them say about spirituality, Christianity, religion, or politics, you should always take with a grain of salt, if not a whole salt shaker. That's free. I'm just letting you know because you're not going to get the truth much in our culture. You've got to go to the Word of God. If you want pure, undiluted, unpolluted, unvarnished truth, you've got to go to the Word of God or hang around with truth tellers. Now, what I like about Micaiah is he would not play the game. He would not involve himself in spin. As Paul put it in the text we read, he spoke the truth with his neighbor. He didn't hedge. He did not duck and dodge. He didn't water it down. He spoke the truth with his neighbor. He spoke the truth in a very, very difficult situation I'm about to describe to you. He courageously spoke the truth of God's Word, no matter the consequences. Those surrounded with spin masters and compromisers and fakes and sellouts. Micaiah refused to sell out. He was true to the truth. His fidelity was to the truth. Now, the events surrounding Micaiah are as follows. The story I want to look at today. One day, during the day of the divided kingdom, now remember Solomon forsook the Lord in his latter years, tragically walked away from God, became totally corrupted by idolatry and paganism. And so a divided king left a divided kingdom. The kingdom that had been unified split off into Judah and Israel. Israel was comprised of 10 tribes, Judah of two. Israel never had a righteous king. Judah had a few righteous kings. Israel had none. Now, in the days of Micaiah, the king of Judah was Jehoshaphat and the king of Israel was the wickedest king that ever sat on the throne of Israel, Ahab, and his wicked queen, Jezebel. Now, one day, Ahab came knocking on Jehoshaphat's door. And he said, I've got a question for you. I'm asking you to help me with something. He said, what do you need? He said, I want you to go with me to fight the Syrians. Because they have a plot of land that I want. And I want you to help me get it. Now, Jehoshaphat was kind of naive, really. He was more spiritual than Ahab. Ahab was wicked through and through. Jehoshaphat had some sense of God. He should have discerned immediately that he should not do this. He was asked, being asked to run with somebody wicked, but he didn't 
He did not do it. He, he instead said, sure, I'll go with you to, to fight the Syrians. Uh, sure, you've got a friend. Here, here we are. We'll help you go win. He said, but I've got a question for you, Ahab. Can we get some prophets who will speak over this? Can you give us a prophetic word? You have any prophets in the land? Well, here's the deal. Ahab and Jezebel were so wicked that they were persecuting all of the true prophets of God. The true prophets of God were hiding in caves lest they be wiped out, assassinated, martyred by Ahab and Jezebel. Ahab and Jezebel were so wicked. Jezebel was such a wicked queen. She had introduced Israel to Baalism, the corrupt, depraved cult of Baalism. And through her influence, the whole nation of Israel had been defiled, come under a bad influence. It matters who is leading you. It's very important who the head of a nation or a country is because, because there is a trickle-down effect. And Ahab and Jezebel, the trickle-down spiritually from them was very, very bad. So here's Israel. They had forsaken the Lord. They had walked away from the true and living God. And they were worshiping Baal, a false god, and involving themselves in such depravity that they were killing their children in worship of this false god. So there was persecution in the land if you were a true believer in Jehovah. There was, there was terrible activity in the name of this god, Baal. And this is what Ahab and Jezebel had brought on the land. And Jehoshaphat said, yeah, I'll run with you. I'll go fight with you. But I want a word from God. And so what did Ahab do? Well, all the real prophets were off hiding in caves. So he gathered together 400 prophets of Baal that had been installed to replace the real prophets. He said, give us a word. Well, you're not going to get a true word from God, from false prophets of the false cult. But they began to prophesy. Now, here's Jehoshaphat and Ahab on the throne. They're in the same room, and here comes 400 men. And these 400 men all begin to prophesy, all begin to predict, all begin to bring a so-called word from God. And they said this word. They gave this word. Go up. For the Lord will deliver the Syrians into your hand. You've got it. You've got it, Ahab. You've got it, Jehoshaphat. It's a win-win for you. You go against the Syrians. God's going to be with you. And you're going to come back the victor. It was a false word. A false prophecy. Here they sat. Go up. Prosper. They're hearing this. 400 men in unison, in unity, all saying the same thing. Well, Jehoshaphat had enough of the sense of God, something inside of him went boop, 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 boop. You ever had that boop, 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 boop? Something that looks really right, sounds right, but deep inside of you, you know that it's wrong. That's what rationalization does. Rationalization is when your mind tells you the opposite of what your heart knows. His heart said, there's something not right here. So, so he said, do you have one more prophet? Is there just one more prophet? that we can get a confirming word here. I just want one more. Well, Ahab said, and this is a direct quote, well, there's one, but I hate him. Because he does not prophesy good concerning me. His name is Micaiah. Micaiah. I hate him. Now, that immediately tells us there's a history between Ahab and this unsung prophet named Micaiah. There's a history here. We, we know by, by insinuation, we know by the text that, 
They had had confrontations before. And apparently, Micaiah had given him the genuine word of the Lord, and, and Ahab did not like it. And so he said, I hate this guy. Man, Jehoshaphat, you would have to ask for one more because I hate this guy. He's no good. He never says anything good about me. And Jehoshaphat said, oh, come now, come now. He's not that bad. You don't really hate him. Let's hear from him. So they sent a messenger. They sent a messenger and they got Micaiah. Now, obviously, this is a kingdom steeped in spin. The real word of God had been rejected by them. And they only wanted to hear things that tickled their ear or that agreed with the direction they wanted to go in. God's truth had been available to the king and to the people of Israel, and they had rejected truth for spin over and over again. And listen, when you as an individual or we as a nation reject truth for spin, we're in trouble. But the same thing does happen to you and me. Sometimes when we really want to go a certain way, we don't want God messing with our stuff. Ever been there? We don't want God messing with our stuff, cramping our style. We, we want to go a certain direction, and here comes the truth. It's such a temptation to turn to spin. Well, that may be true for this person and that, but it's not true for me, and God understands, and I'm just going to go ahead and do it anyway, and, and, and we convince ourselves up here what we know is wrong in here. And you can do that. Do you know the Bible predicts that in the last days the whole world is going to prefer spin over truth? 1 Timothy 4.1 says, Now the Holy Spirit tells us clearly that in the last times, that's now, right before the return of Christ, in the last times, some are going to turn away from the true faith. They will follow deceptive spirits and teachings that come from demons. People who are used to hearing the Word of God, like you're hearing it right now, that wake up one day and say, I don't want the truth anymore. It's messing with me. It's, it's cramping what I want to do. So I'm going to turn to spin. And I'll tell you, the minute you decide you don't want to hear God's Word, there will be a thousand spin doctors around you, a thousand false messages coming from a thousand different areas to feed you, to tickle your ear, and help you walk away from God and the church and the Word and prayer and Christ and the blood. People will choose in the last days the lies of demons over the truth of God's Word. Paul said it again in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 3. He said the time is coming when people will no longer listen to sound and wholesome teaching. They will follow their own desires and will look for teachers. They'll be out looking. The teachers don't come to them. They go to the teachers, the spin doctors. They will look for teachers who will tell them whatever their itching ears want to hear. They will reject the truth and chase after myths. We have a choice, everybody does, in life. That is, do you want truth or a myth? Do you want truth or do you want falsehood? Do you want the truth or do you want a lie? And when we reject the truth, there is only one thing that will fill that vacuum, and it's a lie. When a person accepts spin over truth, the consequences are always disastrous. And this is what we're about to see in the lives of these two kings because, you see, they're about to hear a word from God and they choose spin over the truth of God. Now I want you to imagine something. You're Micaiah and, and, and you're off somewhere. I don't know where he was. The Bible doesn't say, but he's minding his own business and suddenly a messenger comes to him. And this messenger is from not one king but two and the messenger says, hey, 
You're wanted in the presence of both Ahab and Jehoshaphat, two kingdoms represented in one room, and they want you, Micaiah. Whoa. Talk about being called to the office. So he walks in there. He's carried by this messenger. And when he walks into the room, he doesn't just see Ahab and Jehoshaphat. He sees 400 men. And they're all saying the same thing. Go to war. Go to war. Fight the Syrians. You're going to win. You're going to come home victor. It's going to be a great battle for you. A great campaign. But everything he hears them saying, he's hearing the opposite. He's hearing you're not going to come home. He's hearing you're not going to win. He's hearing you're going to die, Ahab. He's hearing this is going to be a catastrophe. Now I want you to get this. The messenger brings him in. Micaiah is standing there. He's soaking all this in. He's putting together real quickly what's going on in this room. And right about then, this messenger leans into his ear. And he says this. Look, all the prophets are promising victory for the king. Be sure that you agree with them and promise success. Whoa. Talk about pressure. Talk about turning the screw. Talk about peer pressure. Here he is, one guy against 402. He's hearing totally different. He's one man with a word from God, and everyone else disagrees. Catch that. Everybody in that room disagrees, but him. He's got the word of the Lord on him. And now he's got this messenger saying, come on, go along to get along, Micaiah. Everybody else is playing loose with the truth. You can do it too. Be sure that you agree. Come on, Micaiah, go with the crowd. Don't be a party pooper. Fit in. Play the part. Compromise. It's more important to be accepted and popular than to stand alone, isn't it? This man is faced with what everyone in this sanctuary is going to be faced with and is faced with right now. That's why he's an unsung hero to me for what he's about to do. Because the pressure is on, every eye is on him, 800 eyes are burning a hole through his soul. He knows he's being pressured to compromise what's happening in his heart, what he knows to be the Word of God. The pressure to play the game, to please the world, to go along with the crowd is immense. And what I like about him is Micaiah could not and would not do it. There's going to come a time, and there is a time right now in the life of everybody in this sanctuary and everyone listening to me by radio, you are going to be in a situation, in a place where the pressure is going to be on for you to sell out, for you to side with the world, for you to compromise what you know to be true, pressure to go along to get along, and to gain the smile of the world and the frown of God, or the smile of God and the frown of the world. It's there. I've never seen the battle lines drawn so sharply in America as I see it right now. Are you with the word or are you with the false prophets? Are you with the word or are you with falsehood? Are you standing with God? Are you playing for an audience of one or are you playing for the audience of the world? Micaiah squared his shoulders, looked the two kings right in the eye, and told the truth. This is what I like about him. He told the unvarnished, uncompromised truth, looked right at them, and he began by saying that all of the king's prophets were under the influence of lying evil spirits. 
Can you imagine that? You've got 400 guys standing there. Come on, guy. Come on. Come on. One more confirmation, and we're off to the battle. He says, I've got to tell you what God's told me. I've had a vision. I've seen it. And the Lord has told me what's really going on. Every one of these men are being influenced by a lying spirit from hell. They're lying to you. They're not telling you the truth. Their message to you, kings, is demonically inspired. They are under a demonic spirit. They're lying. Right about then, he needed some body armor. He's got 400 prophets of Baal around him. But he didn't stop there. Strike one. Then he predicted King Ahab's certain death. He looked at Ahab right in the eye and said, For the Lord has pronounced your doom, Ahab. Strike two. Right about then, those 804 eyeballs looking at him are furrowed. And there is not a sense of a warm fuzzy in that room. He's feeling the heat, but he didn't stop there. He concluded by saying, I saw all Israel scattered on the mountains like sheep without a shepherd. I see the entire nation of Israel befuddled, defeated, wandering on the battlefield, no leader, because Ahab, you're going down. You're not coming home. You're not going to return. And Jehoshaphat, you're going to rue the day that you shook hands with a devil. Now, I'm going to tell you the truth. God gave that truth to protect the king and the people of Israel. But they didn't want to receive it. They wanted the spin. They wanted the spin. So with Micaiah, we find a man of truth, a truth teller. Under intense pressure to spin the truth, he told the truth. Anybody in here want to be that way? Anybody in here want to be that way? Come on. Now, I learned three major lessons for life from this unsung prophet. And let me tell them to you briefly. First, go with the truth, not with the crowd. Always go with the truth, not with the crowd. Micaiah courageously stood alone under intense pressure to go with the crowd. His commitment was to the truth of God and the God of the truth, not to men. I was telling the last service, when I got called to preach, I had to make a decision. That I was either going to be a man pleaser or a God pleaser. Because you preach the Word of God, you're going to have some people get up, get mad at you, get in your face, not like you, go to another church where they don't hear the Word of God, they don't have to be convicted over anything. You're going to have people criticize you. And, and if you really stand, Jesus promised those who will live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. Paul said that. Suffer persecution. So you've got to make up your mind. Am I going to play for an audience of one or am I going to play for the audience of the world? Am I going to try to gain the smile of God, or am I going to get the smile of men? Because you can't have both. James said, if you love the world, you're the enemy of God. What a word. John said, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the boastful pride of life are not from the Father, but they are from the world. And the world passes away and the lust thereof, but he that does the will of God will abide forever. So there is a choice. We're not to love the world's system, the world's ways. We're not to love the world the way it is set up because the prince of this world is the devil. We have nothing in common with the philosophy or the lifestyle of those that live in the world. Love not that world. I love the creation, but I don't love the world system. It's that world system that crucified Christ. Micaiah's commitment was to, to the truth of God. The Bible says the fear of man brings a trap. 
He who trusts in the Lord will be honored. Martin Luther, the great reformer who gave us the Protestant Reformation, we wouldn't be here today just like we are had it not been for that, that German monk who stood for the truth instead of spin in the Catholic Church of that day. And Martin Luther was asked at one time if he knew, was aware, that the whole world was against him because of his uncompromising commitment to God's Word. His answer was, well, then I'm against the whole world. If the whole world's against me for preaching and believing in the Word of God, then I'm against the whole world. But my fidelity is to God. My commitment is to the truth. My commitment is to the Word of God and the God that gave the Word. And folks, we've got to get there. We cannot side with the world. The world desperately needs a church that is holding up the light of Christ, who has not compromised and walked away and thrown the Bible out the back. No, the, the world is longing to hear a church full of light and full of salt and full of love and full of power. And the only way to go there, the only way to go there is to stay true like Micaiah did. The Bible says, for we cannot oppose the truth, but we must always stand for the truth. Now, secondly, i got to tell you, it's easier to walk in this when you realize that the crowd is often wrong. Can I tell you that the majority is often wrong? See, we're at a place in our country right now where polling is going on all the time concerning certain issues. And, and, and here's the attitude. Man, if we can get a poll to say that 51% of America now believes this way, then that must be right because now the majority says it's right. But can I tell you today that it doesn't matter what the majority says. The majority is only right if the Word of God lines up with what they say is right. And if it doesn't line up with what they say is right, then it's not right, no matter if they poll and 99% say they believe that it's true. Let God be true and every man a liar. That's what the Bible says. Now I'm going to go where angels fear to tread, but here we go. I will never marry a same-sex couple. Now stop a minute. Now, wait a minute. I don't want to pause. I want you to listen. Immediately in some of you, there's a reaction. Oh, here we go. He's going to go political. That's hardly political. It's very spiritual. And see, we're being told that if we're with it and we're trending and we understand and we're advanced and we're enlightened, that we will evolve to the place where we agree with that conclusion. But let me ask you a question, those of you that are reacting in your mind. Stop a minute and let me ask you now. Have you read the Word about it? Have you searched the Scriptures about it? It doesn't matter if the president says it's right. It doesn't matter if they finally poll and 75% of Americans say, well, now we think it's right that same-sex couples, that homosexual relationships ought to be given the highest honor and they should be able to marry and it's right and it's normal. And if you say that it's not, you're a bigot, you're a hater, you're this and you're that. Listen, I think theft is wrong. That doesn't mean I hate thieves. I think adultery is wrong. That doesn't mean I, I hate adulterers. I think murder is wrong. That doesn't mean that I hate murderers. That's spin. That's spin. I say to you, if, if you, if you say, well, I just don't feel that you should take that stand. Well, we're not talking about your feelings or mine. We're talking about what does the Scripture say? What does it say? Go all the way to Genesis. In the beginning, God created them male and female. Jesus quoted 
Moses and said, have you not read that God created them, male and female, and a man shall leave his father and mother and shall be joined unto his wife? He said, well, he never talked about homosexuality, Pastor Jeff. Hold on. He never talked about pedophilia. He never talked about bestiality. He never talked about a lot of things. He didn't have to. But he did say, have you not read in the beginning, God created the male and female. So therefore a man shall leave his mother and father and be joined to his wife and the two shall become one flesh. The first miracle Jesus ever performed was at a wedding between a male and a female. And it doesn't matter what you feel or what you think is fair or me. What matters is what does the Lord say? What does the Word say? We've got to get back to that because that's where the power is. And when an individual or a nation forsakes that Word, you are adrift in the ocean of confusion with no compass and no anchor. The crowd is often wrong. The entire nation of Germany followed Hitler off the cliff, a whole majority. An angry majority crucified the Son of God. They were wrong, though it was God's will. A misled majority worshiped a golden calf in the wilderness to their own destruction. Scripture says that we must not engage in sexual immorality as some of them did, causing 23,000 of them to die in one day. One day, 23,000 majority died. A majority of 23,000 were wrong. Don't look to the crowd for your truth. Look to God's Word. Third and last. The truth is always going to win out in the end. If you're standing with the truth, you're standing with the winner. I like going into a battle with the winner. And if I go in with the truth, I'm standing with the winner. People may not want to hear it. They may lash out at you for the truth that stings their conscience. Jesus said, if they persecuted me, they'll persecute you. If they obey my teaching, they'll obey yours also. But though tough at the beginning, the truth teller is blessed in the end. There's a beginning of a thing and there's the end. If you're standing with the truth, you may take some heat. You may find yourself in an oven of criticism. But in the end, that which is false, wicked, evil, wrong, will evaporate, will fall, will fail, will falter. But that which is right will endure the test of time. Micaiah is the, the only one. Can you imagine? They went out to the battle based on spin. They got defeated. Catch this. Ahab put on a disguise. He said, this prophet, this Micaiah, he said, I'm not coming back. So I'll disguise myself and they'll not even know who I am. So there he is. He's riding in a chariot in disguise. He's got on a Halloween costume. He doesn't even look like him. Nobody knows who he is, but an archer pulled back a bow and arrow, shot the arrow. It sailed into the sky, unaimed. It sailed across the battlefield. It sailed towards the chariot that the disguised Ahab was in. It went right between his armor. Foom! They propped up a dying man. He rode for a while, but he's dying. What is false will ride for a while, but it'll die. They, they, they propped up the lie. They propped up the falsehood. 
They propped up the deceit. And it looked okay for a while. It looked like he was making it. It looked like he was going to defy the prophet, but he was bleeding. He was bleeding and he was dying. And finally, he had to keel over and go. Just like everything false and everything wicked and everything evil, it may look like it's standing, but it's a lie. It's going to come down because it's bleeding. It's on the wrong side. Jehoshaphat could have had a great big I told you so session. I mean, not him, but Micaiah, and, but he didn't. Jehoshaphat went home with his tail tucked between his legs and Ahab died and the armies of Israel were scattered just like the prophets said. Can you stand with me today? And I wanna just have a prayer with us and while we're praying, I'm gonna ask Sherry uh, Evans to come up here. Sherry is heading up our prayer team before all of our services back here. And I want her to real quickly share a word with you. But right now, just stand there just for a second. Share, pray with me. Come on up. And you're all about prayer. So we're going to pray. And I want us to pray. How many of you would love to have that spine of steel that Micaiah had? Do you see the need for it in the church right now? Oh, yeah. So let's hold our hands up. And I want to pray for you today. Because some of you are under pressure to compromise and sell out and spin the truth and kind of protect yourself from criticism or whatever, I want to just pray that you will speak the truth in love. Not in anger, not in judgmentalism, but in love. Father, I pray for everyone in this room that, Lord, you will give us what was in Micaiah, that strength of resolve, that spine of steel that courage to speak the truth now we pray church and just say lord let me have that resolve help me to learn from this unsung hero and i receive it into my life say it with me boldness courage in love in jesus name Give him a hand of praise today, can you? Thank you, Lord.